You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair. And in this week's episode, I sat down with a very special guest and good friend, Emily Shackleton. Emily grew up in a very small town in Minnesota surrounded by music. She was encouraged from a young age to pursue what she loves and quickly found out that that was songwriting. In this episode, Emily tells us the stories about how she doubted her career in Nashville many times, but every time she did, she turned to her faith and the right doors were open for her. Uh, After moving to Nashville, Emily entered into a BMI songwriting competition and won, and that opened so many doors. Uh, She talks about all of that. Uh, She also talks about the stories behind the songs that she wrote for the ABC hit television show, Nashville, how she started a professional relationship with Liz Rose, which by the way, if you don't know Liz, go look her up. She is amazing. Lots of success in the uh, music business. And then Emily also talks about how one of the first friends that she met when she moved to Nashville was Carly Pierce and how they have written so many songs together, uh, both of which uh, was their first number ones. She's also written songs for Sarah Evans, David Cook, Seth Ennis, Cassidy Pope, Janet Kramer, and many more. Uh, And when I asked Emily what advice she would give her eight-year-old self today, knowing what she knows now, she said, keep going and trust God. So cool and so true. Emily has a lot of exciting things happening right now with her own songs as well. She's just released two songs called Beloved and Our God Sustains. So go check those out. They're so amazing. Uh, She also has many shows coming up and a lot more cuts on other artists to uh, stay tuned for. So it's been a uh, pleasure sitting down with her. Uh, As always, remember to subscribe, follow, like, and support this podcast by hitting all of those buttons wherever you listen and help us spread the word uh, so your friends can hear. We love sitting down with new songwriters and artists every week. And the more you spread the word, uh, the more that we can keep doing this. So we really appreciate the support. Uh, Again, it was great to sit down with Emily. Let's get to it. This is Emily Shackleton. Hey, everybody. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm Chris Blair, and today I am here with my friend Emily Shackleton. Emily, how are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Good. I'm so glad that we are able to do this. We've tried for a while, and I was so busy, and you've been traveling and doing so much with music that we're going to get to and talk about. It's been incredible. Um, But yeah, I'm just so excited to, uh, to share your story with everybody today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. The listening room is one of my favorite places in Nashville, and um, I'm so grateful for the way y'all have been a platform for songwriters. So thank you so much. Well, let's just kind of go, you know, I always kind of start from the beginning. So you're from Minnesota. I am. Walk me through, um, you know, how you kind of got into music um, in Minnesota and what led you to Nashville. Yeah, I grew up in a house just um, full of music. My parents are both, you know, beautiful singers. My dad taught himself guitar growing up and he was the wedding singer um, growing up. And I started singing duets with him in churches and weddings all over. And um, we were just kind of that family. Um, It was a town of 900 people. So lots of winter time to dive into my parents' record collection and um, write songs in my notebooks at school while I should have been 
um, <laughs> doing my math lessons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with with folk music early on. I fell in love with Dan Fogelberg, Carol King, Carly Simon, um, and then Elton John and Billy Joel, and then on to the angsty singer songwriter girls, Fiona Apple, Sarah McLaughlin, and then discovered um, that '90s country diva moment and just fell hard for the Dixie Chicks and Faith Hill and Sarah Evans and. Um, just all these amazing moments. Yeah. Um, and um, I really didn't know Nashville existed until then and still didn't really see it as a place that I would ever end up. Um, just because I saw myself more in that singer-songwriter lane and um, I didn't grow up speaking the country lingo necessarily. Um, although my town of Biwabic is very much a country song town. It's <laughs> yeah. got one stoplight. They actually ripped it out and just put in the blinking light recently because we've gone down in population from 900. And we've got the one church, the one grocery store, and the eight bars. So it's, um, <laughs> it's begging for a country song. Um, but I was playing music um, on a church ministry um, tour in high school. And I met this boy, and I was crushing on him hard, and he was talking about this place called Berkeley. And I had never heard of Berkeley. I'd been accepted to a college in Minnesota. My parents felt, you know, settled in that decision and good about having their daughter stay um, in her home state. Yeah. And um, I decided I was going to follow that boy out to Berkeley, and... um there we were three months later at Berkeley, and um, I fell in love with Boston. I fell in love with that school. I fell in love with living in a city for the first time, being surrounded with music, finally feeling like I'd found my people after feeling just like an outsider my whole life. And um, it was our glory days. Um, I fell in love with that boy, and we got married, and decided that we were going to move to Nashville after three years because all of my songwriting professors were saying that my songwriting should be there. And by the way, you could be a songwriter there. And I'd always thought that everyone wrote their own songs. And if you mm -hmm. wanted to write songs, that then you sang them. And I loved performing. I grew up performing and um, that's always been a part of who I am. But suddenly it felt like, oh, I can have a family. I can um, write songs that I could get paid for. Um, and there's more people like at Berkeley where I could feel like there's a community. And so Caleb and I moved there. Um, I moved into our apartment site unseen from our honeymoon. He'd mm. gone and picked it out for us. And um, right before we moved there, I had entered the BMI songwriting contest, uh, the John Lennon competition, and um, I ended up winning by the grace of God, and um, BMI really opened its doors to me, and that was just such a turning point for me as far as coming to town knowing nobody and yeah. then coming to town knowing somebody. Um, and that somebody was Beth Mason at the time, now Beth Laird. Yeah. And she's such a power player in Nashville. And at the time, she was um, getting her start as a writer rep at 
BMI. And so I got to come and play her three songs, the three songs that I felt comfortable playing in public at the time. And she listened and said, these are good. Come back when you've written three more. And so I spent, you know, three or four months trying to write enough songs to find three more songs that I felt proud (laughs) enough of to play in public. And I went back and I played her the songs and she was like, okay, I'm going to set you up with a few publishing meetings. And I was so excited. It felt like all my dreams are coming true. And I learned very quickly um, that this is a town full of rejection and a lot of no's Mm -hmm. before you'd ever get to the yes. And that was definitely a baptism by fire into um, that part of Nashville. Uh, But I made a lot of really neat relationships, started getting set up on some co-writes, and was really tired of working three part-time jobs to try to make ends meet. Um, Same with my husband. And um, finally, I was kind of getting sick of it. I went to a publishing meeting that (laughs) really hurt my heart. And I got home and I wrote myself this little song trying to make myself um, feel better, want to stick around. Um, And I played it for a friend and they made me enter it into the American Idol was doing a songwriting contest at the time. So I entered it into that contest. And David Cook, who ended up winning that season or coming in. Yeah, he won. Um, He sang my song on the um, last episode. And once again, that was just a grace of God um, turning point. And I was able to sign my first publishing deal um, 11 months into moving to Nashville, which I don't take for granted. And um, got to quit all my day jobs and um, focus in on writing songs. And then Caleb could really focus in on um, finding his dream job as well. Yeah. And, you know... They call Nashville a 10-year town, but everything was lining up, so I decided it was going to be a two-year town for me. And, um, you know, at the end of those two years at Bug, they had been bought by BMG recently, and um, they dropped me. And um, that is just another lesson you learn one way or another in Nashville is... um, You're, at the end of the day, you're your biggest advocate Mm -hmm. and your um, fuel, the only one that's going to keep you going. Um, You and your faith, uh, for me, my faith in God, for sure. But no one was going to be in my corner if I wasn't. Um, So I spent a good three days on the couch eating Haagen-Dazs. it was good. It was good. Hagen dazs um, <laughs> What's your flavor? Uh, the pineapple. Uh, it's like pineapple mango. It's, okay. it's kind of like pina colada almost. Yeah. It's like really refreshing. Um, so at the end of those three days, I decided that I was going to stay. And it was maybe going to be a four-year town instead. And I remembered that I had written just once with um, Liz Rose about a year prior. Beth had made her come to my show at 
Key West, my very first Key West songwriter festival. Um, Liz didn't want to go to any shows. She wanted to lay out in the sun, which is exactly what I want to do when I go to Key West. We have a lot of shows to play at night, so nobody wants to go to the daytime ones. Beth asked her to go. She came. And for whatever reason, I had lost my voice. I was singing all of my songs, like five keys lower, trying to sing them. She came up after and just told me she wanted to write. We wrote one time before I got dropped. And during that one time, she just said, man, I've been thinking about starting a publishing company. I wish you weren't signed. I would sign you. Mm. And that was just like a compliment at the time to me. Like I thought, oh, it's just like a little something she wanted to like put in my sales to like help me feel more comfortable in the right. Because honestly, I choked up every time I wrote with Liz for like the first three years. So um, I don't feel like I was exactly like giving her my best self just because she was, you know, the Liz Rose. Yeah. Um, but I decided to call her up at the end of those three days and just say, hey, I'm joking if you were joking, but if you're serious, um, I'm serious if you want to start a publishing company. Um, so she introduced me to her son, Scott Ponce, who uh, became my plugger and champion for a lot of years. And it was the three of us for the first several years. And slowly she started adding in more writers who were some of my best friends, Phil yeah. Barton. Yep. Um, Cameron Bedell, um, Allison McAnally, who's, she's not there anymore. She, um, she works for, um, recording studios now doing amazing other things, but she's one of my dear friends. She was there and, um, Melissa Michaela, who's now expecting her first baby. Like we all gr grew up together in yeah. this, in this family over the last 10 years, um, and it was a really lovely place to grow and um, just be able to write a ton of songs. We would write two songs, sometimes three songs a day. Liz would have me and a bunch of girls over to her house and we'd drink wine and write songs at night and just was, you know, song, 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 cutting my teeth, like really learning the language, um, just a really rich learning time. Um, Cuts didn't come like I hoped they would, um, the songs that I wanted to get recorded. So um, didn't end up being a four-year town as far as me getting that number one song on the radio. Um, and it's funny looking back now. I think like anybody, we keep like changing the bar that we're trying to raise. Like I think young me would have been like, you got a publishing deal. That's amazing. All your dreams have come true. And then you get that publishing deal and you get a hold on, you know, maybe one of your songs will be recorded by an artist. And then they drop it and you're crying in your bathroom. And um, <laughs> it's just like such an up and down roller coaster. And so at the end of that four years, um, I was writing a song with one of my best friends in town, Kelly Archer, and our dear friend, Justin Weaver. And... It was just one of those songs that was like, had a little bite to it and it was kind of for us and in this town. And I just loved that song. And we found out there was this TV show called Nashville that mm -hmm. was coming out. And they wanted to record that song. And not only were they going to use it in 
the first episode, but they were going to use it in all the promos and previews, commercials. Um, so it was like, you know, great little paychecks when I wasn't getting any royalties yet, you know, that it was like really nice. And it was something to finally get to show the people back home. Like, look, it's not just like, you got a publishing deal. What does that mean? Have you sold your songs? Not yet. And that's not exactly how it works. Yeah. You know, um, so finally I could be like, look, someone recorded my song. Um, so told all my family and friends. And the morning that the first commercial comes out, everyone's tuned in watching it. We are certain that it's going to be sung by, you know, whoever the lead good girl character is. And suddenly it's Hayden Penetier's character who's in this little, like, dress. And she's, like, shimmying at the camera at the Grand Ole Opry singing our song. And, you know, huge crowd and she's working it. But we're like, okay. And then it flips to Connie Britton's character, Raina James. And she's watching it back in her dressing room. And she holds up the remote and she turns it off and she goes, can't believe people listen to that crap. My song, <laughs> our song. Um, so I learned, um, I learned how to laugh when things don't yeah. work out the way you think they will after, even after a song gets recorded. Um, I learned how to be thankful for those little moments that, are still little stepping stones in your career. Um, that song afforded me five more songs on the show throughout the seasons and um, a lot of really sweet memories. And I still love that song so much and yeah. I play it yeah. places like here all yeah. the time. Um, the crowd loves the story. Yeah. Uh, I can own that, you know? Um, and... It is. It's a part of my journey. And I'm just one more of those like funny God winks that keeps me humble and reminds me that I write songs that I love and not necessarily for any other reason than that, yeah. even though making a making the money to support my family is um, a joy and a gift as well. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. <laughs> I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of these stories, but it's just uh, just to be able to share that with everybody else and just, um, you know, it's. They don't realize all of the things that happen behind the scenes and the fact that you can just own it and love it. And that's what counts. Yeah, so, totally. Totally. I was thinking um, driving in today, I was thinking about um, you might remember I did this, the stories behind the songs. It wasn't a podcast, but it was like years ago, seven, eight years ago, probably nine. I don't know um, that uh, I started the stories behind the songs YouTube. And yes. I was doing like these weekly videos, um, just like this, except it wasn't everywhere like podcasts. My very first guest when we did that before was Carly, Carly Pierce. And it was, I'd have to go back and look, but it was like the week after or like the same month or something that every little thing had just dropped. And we like had this scheduled and then it was like, oh my gosh, like. I think something's going to happen. So, yeah. Yes. So walk me into that relationship. Um, 
I think that was just another godsend that the two of you are like best friends and you've gotten so much success since then. But let everybody know about every little thing. Carly's been a sweet friend ever since uh, we moved to town. Um, I met her maybe a few years in. uh, And we have similar stories in that she had a first um, chance at a record deal and a development deal and feels like all your dreams are coming true when that happens. And then um, she faced getting dropped like I did and kept herself in the business by doing odd jobs, which she talks about all the time. And, um, we, we wrote over the years and, and stayed, you know, friendly on peripheral terms, but both of our lives were going in a million different directions. She ended up on tour with Lucy Hale. I ended up having our first baby (laughs) and, um, you know, it was, it was right before that, um, around year seven that, um, I was getting really certain that I was going to leave town because it was getting hard. Um, and I got down on my knees one night and I prayed asking God to either take the stream away or open a damn door. Yeah. And, um, the next morning I got a phone call that, uh, Busby wanted to partner with Liz Rose and team and, uh, do a joint venture with me, um, publishing deal. And that changed everything for me. Busby um, just really changed the game for me and changed how I saw myself and changed um, changed pretty much everything yeah. uh, for me. Um, and our first artist that he had signed that came through the door was Carly Pierce. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And we just started creating and the very first song we wrote is a song called you know where to find me which is on that first record it was her first song she debuted once under busby um at the grand Ole opry and it was the night that um i first sang at the grand Ole opry as well in this um trio and it was this incredible moment getting to see her perform it and my parents were there and it's like look look, guys, I have a song on the Grand Ole Opry. Um, but, you know, she didn't have a record deal or anything like that. And every, everyone was looking for that big up-tempo first single in your face. This is who I am. Like everyone seemed to be doing when yeah. they broke into the market. And, you know, nobody wants, feels like a kiss of death when someone's like, we should do a ballad first. And you don't even have a record deal yet. Um. But JR from the highway reached out to Carly and said, hey, you're the next highway find and it's going to be every little thing. She'll tell you she cried in her car when she heard that news because she thought it was all over. Um, And that song ended up racing up the charts of the highway. Um, She got her deal with Big Machine through a DM when they heard that song. Um, And it changed both of our lives. Um. It was right around my daughter's first birthday when it went number one. And um, it changed everything. It opened a lot of doors for me. Um, It's been amazing watching Carly just soar since then. I've never really gotten to see 
someone's career just take off that way yeah. and um, really get to be a part of it. And um, felt like the sky was the limit forever and felt like it would always be that way. And um, and then suddenly uh, Busby got glioblastoma cancer. Yeah. Passed away two months later and um, just changed everything again. Yeah. Um, and we all were kind of left. He created this really safe, warm shadow for all of us to create under and find our confidence under. And, um, felt like we all were stepping out for the first time, um, on our own again, after feeling like we had this, um, force on our side. Mm hmm. Um, and I wrote a song that's coming out on Friday, um, about that time. My husband had had a terrible accident too and survived, um, by the grace of God. And, um, that was the last song that Busby ever heard of mine. Um, he passed away a week later. Um, so yeah, it's coming out, um, this Friday and it means a lot to me. What's it called? It's called Our God Sustains. Yeah. 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 And you just had a song recently uh, that you put out on August 18th yeah. called Beloved. Yes. Yep. A couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a really important part of my story now that I'm getting brave and sharing songs on my own um, yeah. that I share my story. And a big part of that is just um, God seeing me through. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. Um, take me back into the writer's room for every little thing and how that, how that song came about. Um, I walked into Busby's little back studio that day and he and Carly were already in there. Um, I'm perpetually 10 minutes late. Um, and I walk in and Carly kind of giggles and she goes, I want to write a ballad today. It, she said it that way because she knew it was kind of like just in the writer's room in general for all the people trying to get a song on the radio. You just joke that you don't want to write a ballad because, I mean, I don't say that anymore by any means, but at the <laughs> yeah. time, yeah, um, at the time, it was like the running joke of Nashville. And so she and Busby chuckled and, and he said, we just need something really haunting and personal for the record. And Carly's like, yeah, I just, you know, I have this heartbreak and I just really want to write about it. And she started talking about it and um, I sat down. I was like, I, I have this this little idea and I just, you know, dung, 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 dung. And it was really just every little thing. And, um, you know, I'm a big feeler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I feel like any creative, anyone that is 
putting their heart and soul in something. They do remember it all and they feel it all. And um, it was easy for all of us to write. It poured out. Busby's an incredible musician. He was just the best. And he sat down on the piano and took us to church. And I think we wrote that song in just a little over 30 minutes. Um, it wasn't... It's not a rocket science song, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little heartbreak ballad and we all left with this crazy earworm in our heads and, you know, and that happens with songs from time to time and I'd never really had a song, you know, do anything on the radio. So at that time it was just an earworm. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it was for other people too. Yeah. You want to play part of it? I would love to. Cool, let's do it. The scent that you left on my pillow The sound of your heartbeat with Look in your eyes like a window A taste of your kiss soaked in wine Every little thing I remember every little thing The high, the hurt, the shine, the sting Every little thing I'm haunted by the memory Every little thing The high, the hurt The shy and the stay Every little thing Gosh, that's so beautiful. Thank I've you. I've heard you play that. Over and over and over again, but just something about like just being in this room with nobody here. Um, this is super special. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so every little thing becomes your first number one. Um, Carly's first number one. Um, and uh, how was everything after that? Because um, you've got you've got another great number one about heartbreak with yeah. Carly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, like, walk me through, uh, you know, just kind of, yeah, ev everything that happened after that. Um, yeah, it's a neat little niche that I've fallen into a lot thanks to that song and um, just the way that Carly has trusted me with so much of her stories. Um, I've kind of become the sad song girl, um, <laughs> the the one that people love to come to for their ballads. <laughs> um, I like to joke that I'm part therapist, part songwriter in the room because I, um, I help people feel safe um, and heard. I hope um, I help them maybe make sense of things that they're thinking about and don't really know how to um, quite translate. And, uh, and then I make it rhyme. Um, so that's, that became my calling card after that. And it's something that I don't take 
lightly. I feel like that's part of my um, purpose in the room as a songwriter. Um, I think it's really easy to think that it's only about the song or it's only about, um, you know, the money and the next thing and the performing, but um, being present with my friends and with people, I hope is um, something that I'll be remembered for, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I've had 10 songs recorded by Carly since then yeah. and a bunch of others by amazing artists, Lauren Elena, Sarah Evans, uh, Jana Kramer, Cassidy Pope, bunch more in film and TV. Um, and I got brave and started releasing songs of my own, which has been so fun. Um, I had a song released on Mother's Day this spring with Rita Wilson. Um, and I have another one coming out with Lori McKenna later this fall. So it's been a really neat experience to just kind of embrace the whole um, love that I have for music. Um, I think it's really easy for this town to try to compartmentalize what we all do mm -hmm. and um, put us all in boxes. And it's been really freeing for me to just um, chase after whatever makes me feel whole. Um, and part of that is having fun and feeling passion and telling other people's stories and getting to tell my own. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you definitely have a talent of doing that. You're kind, you're kind. Um, and then, yeah, we, we wrote, oh, I mean, first the pandemic hit. Oh yeah. And suddenly none of us knew what was going to happen. And Carly and I, we're writing on Zoom a bunch. Yeah. Um, and during that time, her marriage, you know, quickly fell apart and she stepped away from something that wasn't right. And she poured her heart out in this record that is just so beautiful and moving. And she yes. trusted me with a lot of those stories, which I'm so grateful for. Um and one of those was um, What You Didn't Do. Yeah. And um, it didn't become a single right away. We had uh, Should Have Known Better and then um, Show Me Around, which was the song we wrote for Busby. Those both went to the highway first, um, went number one. And then she released a beautiful song with Ashley McBride that rang the bell for her, did a lot of amazing things. And then our song finally had this chance to shine. Um, but the funny thing is that everybody already knew the song and it had already been streamed more than her singles that had gone number one, even though it hadn't gone to radio. And I think you know this part of the story, but it's because we performed it at the listening room the week we wrote it. Do you know that? No. So we wrote it with Ashley Gorley, who's had yeah. 67 number ones. Now yeah. he's incredible. And that week we were playing the listening room together a few days later. And she was like, you want to play it? And I was like, I mean, we can. Is the, is the label okay with that? She hadn't recorded it, nothing. And she had already recorded pretty much all of the record. 
And she's like, yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, and we go out. She has to read the lyric on her phone. Um, it's that fresh. And by the end of the first chorus, the crowd like erupted. Um, and she already had quite a fan base at that point, And they yeah. would come and flood the listening room. Yeah. And they ate it up. Everybody ate it up. It went viral, like from the little videos that people were taking that night. We had all these people on Instagram and TikTok singing the song back that had never even been recorded um, because they heard the video this one time at the listening room. How did I not know this? No idea. I tell the story a lot. Um, I, like, I, I mean, I think I was here that night, too. Like. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I come to most of the totally. shows that you I mean, and Carly you've heard play. It a so, lot. Yeah. yeah, and we've played. Just, a, we played a bunch together around yeah, that time. Yeah, but yeah. It was, and that was part of it too. Is we were, you know, it was, it was the pandemic. There wasn't a lot going on, right. and by the grace of God, you guys opened your your doors. You know, at limited capacity, and gave us this. We were, you know, bleeding songs, wanting to perform at that point. You know, and. And that was one of the first ones. And um, and it just went on from there. So by the time that the record came out, it already had like millions of streams. It was really crazy. Um, and it became my second number one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We just performed it um, last week together at the Ryman for the ACM Honors Awards. Yeah. We got to honor um, Ashley Gorley for his... Yeah. 67 number ones and um, that's going to be on tv on yeah. september 18th on fox which is really exciting i love it yeah and carly uh this was her second year hosting that i think or this was her fourth i fourth believe fourth year gosh yeah. time flies i, I know, know. Yeah. i know i was there for the first one and it seems like it was two years ago but yeah <sighs> yeah um very cool yeah yeah we're really excited yeah um proud you know, I, I'm proud of both those songs. I'm proud of all the songs we write. Carly is an incredible writer on her own. She doesn't yeah, she need is. me. And the fact that she trusts me and has been so loyal and the fact that our melody is and the way we relate to things just just work and just naturally gravitate to one another is just one of the greatest gifts that I'll ever have um, in this town. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. How did you feel like you've, you've had a lot of great success and a lot of great cuts and TV and film and all of that. Um, but I think it's really cool that one of the people that you really loved as like the nineties diva female artist in Sarah Evans, mm. um, how was that like to have someone that like going back and like when you we're kind of getting out of the Billy Joel um, kind of scene and getting into this country and like really loving this, that one of the people that you really loved um, and Reba and people like that, like, like getting songs cut by people like that, that you just admired so much. Yeah. That's just such a treat of, of what I do. Um, I first got to write with Sarah Evans, with Phil Barton and Victoria Banks and they're, two of my very favorite co-writers, two of my very favorite partners to perform in the round with. We perform here so much. Um, and I first found Victoria 
on MySpace, which dates me, I know. And she had 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 the big song with Sarah, um, Saints and Angels. Yeah. And gosh, that song, it gets me every time. And she wrote it by herself. And oh, I was just such a Victoria Banks fan. And um, she, Phil and I had been writing with her for a bit. Um, but the very first song that the three of us ever wrote ended up being recorded by her and Isaac Slade, who's the lead singer of The Fray. Um, so that was really neat. She's recorded a couple of the three of our songs since then, but I think the neatest moment has been she invited Victoria and I down to her home in Birmingham. And Birmingham's one of my favorite cities. It's beautiful. The food is amazing. It's very walkable. And she lives in such a walkable neighborhood that I spent a lot of my 20s visiting my best friend there. Yeah. And getting to write songs with her, um, her son was about to go away to college and getting to help her process through that and write a song that she loves and is so proud of and plays at all her shows. Um, that's, that's probably my favorite song with her, even though, um, the others have, you know, maybe gone to record or gone to radio or, um, streamed more. Yeah. Love it. What about all of the songs that you've written, um, whether they've been put out to radio or not? Uh, do you have a favorite? I do. I do have a favorite. Um, it's a song I wrote for my son, and it's called mm. I Loved You First. Oh, and yeah. um, Such a great song. That's kind of you. Thank you. I've, um, you know, I wrote it. I wrote it for him. I hoped that someone else would want to record it. Um, I saw one of the divas doing it and um, just didn't happen. And so I finally got brave and decided I was going to put it out this last year. And that's when I got braver and reached out to Rita Wilson and said, Hey, I know you're a mama. Um, I wrote the song. Can I send it to you? And she said, Oh, I'd love to do a duet of this with you. Um, so we put it out together on Mother's Day. So that's been a really neat, um, neat trajectory for that song. Yeah. Brittany, um, Brittany just bawled when she heard that. <laughs> I mean, she loves that song. And, Sorry, mama. Um, yeah. As a, as a parent, you know, it's just, it's one of those that, um, you know, my allergies seem to kick in when I hear it. It's like, huh, I don't I know what's going on. I bawled when I wrote it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel it all. I feel it all. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, what else? I know like with this new music that's coming out, um, you have, you have some other things coming up soon. So what can you share about what's happening next? Yeah. It's a really exciting time. Um, you know, Carly's starting to release new music, which I'm so excited for. She's got an amazing duet with Chris Stapleton out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple um, songs that she's recorded, and um, she'll be going into the studio again soon. So um, stay tuned. Yeah. And um, for me, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I get to perform "What He Didn't Do" again next month at the Ryman, um, which is just the Mother Church in Nashville um, for the NSAI Awards. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to September 18th. That'll be my first uh, televised 
performance ever. Um, and I'm playing a bunch of really fun shows this fall. Um, but I'm probably just most excited about this time in my family's life, to be honest with you. Uh, my kids are five and eight, and they're just at really fun ages. And our daughter just started kindergarten, and um, we're traveling a bunch together as a family now. They love coming to shows. They um, they love coming here. Uh, Ruby does sound check with me and yeah. my Ben um, would go up with big Ben up there and show him the ropes. Um, so uh, the listing room has a really special place in my whole family's heart now. Mm, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, as we wrap up, uh, I always end with the same question. So um, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier on about what you would tell yourself but if you are going back to minnesota mm. with everything that you've learned and everything that you've been through um and everything that you know now what advice would you give your eight-year-old self today mm. keep going don't rush Trust, trust God. He has a better journey for you than you are currently dreaming up for yourself. Mm. I love it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Can't Weird wait to. Weird being uh, here in the morning, honestly. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we will. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be excited to get this out and um, also get back together with you in the next year or two and talk about everything else. Like, um, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm really excited to start bringing guests back and be like, Hey, like Love it. two years ago when we talked about this new music coming out. So yeah. Um, Love to come back. Thanks again for, for the friendship and for being here. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of stories behind the songs. I'm Chris Blair and you've been listening to Emily Shackleton. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.